Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. How's it going? You alright? Thank you for joining me. I am in uh, pretty good spirits today. Let's see. I, uh, I climbed a hill in Strath Creek on Friday morning with little to no sleep on year eight camp. Uh, it's the third time I've climbed the hill. Uh, the first year I struggled up the hill, man. Last year I did it during uh, my initial three months at the gym and uh, it was hard, but this year I felt it was easy. Um, a lot easier than the previous year and the year before that. So forget about it. I was right up there. I um, wasn't even out of breath. So there you go, kids. Go to the gym. Get a workout in on the regular. And no matter how old you are, man, you'll see some progress. Good things. All good things. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I'm gearing up for the first ever live Art of During podcast. Uh, it's on this Saturday, Feb 23 at the Memo Music Hall for the launch of Electric Mary's new album, Mother. Um, I'll be doing a live interview uh, for all the VIP ticket holders at 7pm. That's when doors open. Uh, and you'll get to hear the album, uh, do a live Q&A with the boys. The plan is we'll be listening to side A of the album, and then I'll be asking the boys some questions about the record. Then we'll listen to side B, and I'll throw them some more questions. Uh, and then we might even finish off with a bit of an audience Q&A if there's time as well. So it's shaping up to be a very cool night indeed. I believe doors for the general admission ticket holders will be at 9pm. So if you do want to come down and see the interview, make sure you book your VIP ticket and arrive nice and early at 7pm. This week on the podcast, I had a chat with Citrus Jam. Uh, Citrus and I go way back. We've played gigs together. I spent many, many hours at the Vineyard in St Kilda um, with Citrus, which we get into. Uh, But stick around for a hair-raising tale that Citrus talks about uh, when the tour van gets stuck in cruise control. So yeah, you got to have a listen to the interview. To find out how he gets out of that one, Art of Touring is brought to you every single Tuesday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes or on the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. Um, And remember, Art of Touring is part of the A Lot of Green podcast network. And you can check out all the other awesome podcasts on their network at www.alotofgreen.com.au. There is some coarse language in this week's episode, so if you are listening with the kidlets, it might be a good idea to throw on Barbie Princess Power, and then once they're dropped off at their guitar lessons, throw Art of Touring back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. Episode 44 of The Art of Touring is brought to you this week by Every Pizza Place. Feel like a pizza tonight? Then call up Every Pizza Place and order a slice of your favourite pizza. But remember, if you order a salad... Hey, check it out. Lemon snow. What? Yeah, that stuff's delicious. Lemon snow? You mean it just falls from the sky like that? You bet. One of nature's treats. You gonna have some? Nah, I'm already full. But you should have some before the other kids get to it. What is it? Like Italian ice? Yeah, exactly. Like a sorbet. Ah, that's not lemon! No, it's not. You bastard! I was having fun playing in the snow, and now you've ruined it like a pizza place ruins a salad! 
Okay, four pizzas and a salad. Salad? How do you make a salad? First, you throw in the whole head of lettuce. Even the hard-to-eat white part at the bottom? That's what the people want. Now, what else? I got a can of whole black olives. Should I slice them up? What are you, crazy? No, you keep them whole. You're gonna want to know you've got an olive in your mouth. What about this tomato? Cut it into thirds. It should be big enough to pretend you've got red teeth. How about this carrot? Should I cut it up? Yes, but very thin lengthwise. The whole length of the carrot. One thin slice. Okay, what else do we got? Well, we got these hot peppers, but you can't really eat them. No problem. Dump them all in. Now, should we put it in a bowl? No, let's put it in a lasagna tray. Okay, great. I'll take it. Oh, and make sure to stick it right on top of the pizza so it stays nice and warm. Hello, every pizza place. Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can just Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before we get into my conversation with Citrus Jam, I'd like to play you some of his music. Here's a track called Mutiny on the Dance Floor. we go that's just a little snippet the track is maybe six and a half seven minutes long or so um so i just gave you the actual last part of it so if you do want to check out the whole thing um go forth and do so it is an epic adventure that track so now let's hear from the man behind that music mr citrus jam Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. We are in the main house this evening because it's been a bit of a stinker here in Melbourne today. Quite warm. The studio is way too hot to do any podcasting in tonight. So we're in the main house. And tonight, my guest is Mr. Citrus Jam, otherwise known as... As Citrus Jam. I'm not going to give the real name on on the podcast without asking. Keep it ambiguous if you like. Yes. How are you, Citrus? I'm doing good. How are you doing there, mate? I'm good, man. I've only ever really known you as Citrus. When I was was thinking about, you know, you coming around this evening for the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, Citrus, Citrus. I'm sure he's told me his real name before and and it did (laughs) pop into my mind, but I'm like... 
That doesn't sound right. I'm calling him Citrus. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, especially in the music, they know it as Citrus, citrus. or Benny Citrus. There you go. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, yeah, we mix it up with the different aliases a bit. We do, don't we, the Musos? We like yes. the aliases. Yeah, personas, all that crazy Yes, yeah. Um, and so, how you been, mate? You good? Yeah, I've been really well. I've um, had a bit of time off recently, so mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, kind of put the foot on the brakes a little bit, yep. and then, um, yeah, slowly getting back into action now, I've got... Big plans for the future, so I'm just putting all the, the works and that happening now, man. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I do ask this of every guest um, on, the, on The Art of Turing, um, just to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit, and that is, where are you from and, and where did you grow up? I've always been Melbourne-based. I do travel quite a bit, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, Melbourne's always been home for me. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, mix it up with all the different touring and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've always been kind of just out of the city, so I'm like nice and central, so because obviously over the years been um, working and gigging all sides of the town and that, so That's just being right, in the middle yeah. of it's always been convenient for me. Yeah, okay. Um, and where did you grow up? Where were you actually from when you're a little fella, like in your your uh, yeah, if primary you know, school um, years? Yeah, kind of the Q area. Oh, you grew up in Q. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, so and, and then did you expanded from there. Go in school, go to school in Q. A few different places. I yeah. was in Hawthorne and Malvern as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mixed it up with a few different times with a few different schools. Yeah, right. Hmm. Um, was there a music? Did you get into music um, in primary school or not until you got into high school? Probably yeah, early teenage years. I started mm-hmm. getting into the whole, yeah. Well, I picked up the guitar twelve, thirteen, and okay. then I've kind of been nonstop with that since. And what was the catalyst for you? Like, why did why the guitar? My mum's friend um, had a coupon for guitar lessons, so she just passed them on and thought I might be interested in it. And so I kind of went, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. So just kind of picked it up from there, I guess, and then, you know, found that voice with it, and then that's what I've been doing ever since. So who was your teacher? Oh, I've forgotten his name, but it was in, um, I think it was a music school in Kew Junction, or just near the top near um, the old Presbyterian Hill Hotel. Okay. It's Dan Murphy's now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. I'm terrible with names. That's all right. But how long did you have that one specific teacher for? About three, four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, quite a while. Yeah, he was great. He was an old school rocker. He was a good teacher? Yeah. Yeah, nice. And kind of went to the dark side and picked up things myself and then kind of went on my own tangent. Yeah, right. But that kind of was a good catalyst to kind of get it all kicked off and started. And so, what did you learn on? Did you have a a nylon string or a steel string? I started on a steel string acoustic. You started on a steel string acoustic. Um, I played around with a few different ones, but my first guitar was, yeah, steel string. Then got into the uh, electrics from there and then went to the old shred metal kind of. Yeah, right. From there. That's that's a bold move starting to learn the guitar on a steel string because it's so much harder. Yeah, well, I grew a lot of strength from that as well initially because yeah. I had to kind of go, all right, this is like hurting initially as it would. Oh uh, yeah, um, like, especially you know compared to like a, a lot of people start on the nylon string. Yes, they do. Um, just to yeah, easier to kind of transition into it. That's right. Um, yeah, I think I've built a lot of my techniques from that, and I've become yeah. pretty rock solid with what I'm doing now mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah, yeah, really good foundation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, wow. Like extra pressure, I wouldn't recommend it. But no. It did work for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be too much, too much pain on your hands kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so did you say it was your mum's friend or mum's... Yeah, friend of, friend of my mum's. Friend of your mum's yeah, the, uh, took the co- coupon and cut it out and said, you know what, I reckon Benny might be a candidate for these lesson thingamajiggies yeah. on the guitar. And then, and then next thing you know, it's shaped your... Your entire, yeah, like world, really. Exactly. From then on, yeah. And so, do the you, beginnings. Have you thanked this person? 
Since then? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I think you should. Because that's quite a catalyst, man. Yeah. And no one subtle, else in, in yeah. your family is a musician. Um, my brother is a drummer. So oh, okay. we grew up together playing a lot. Uh, learning and just experimenting and jamming together, which mm-hmm. is kind of my upbringing with all that. So okay. I learned a lot of my percussive kind of influence from playing with my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get those thick sounds and just mimicking what he would be playing on drums. It's like, ah, yeah. let's try that and do like a guitar version of that. Right. So he's older or younger? Uh, two years older. Two years older. Okay. So was he starting drums before you started playing guitar? He A little bit, like maybe a year or so before me, I think. Mm. He kicked on the drums and then we kind of pretty much started just similar. But yeah, he kind of got into it. It's ah. like, ah, and then I kind of got into that one. Pretty similar times. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. And um, while you were in high school learning the guitar and you had your drum, your brother playing the drums as well, did you form bands in high school? We did, yeah. Had did? a few different groups. We, yeah. uh, what was the first one? Oh, we were doing like Rage Against Machine covers, yes. things like that. Um, yeah, I was cleaning like, the house yesterday mm. listening to Evil Empire on the vinyl. I was like, I haven't listened to this in so long. It's I think great. We had like a grandparents' day. So all the grandparents of students <laughs> came in. <laughs> And um, we did Bulls on Parade of for the grandparents. Of course you did. Yes, um, you did. So that, was, that, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's track two off that one, I, I believe think. It yeah. Is, my friend. Yeah. But yeah, what a riff. Um, so good. Or I was learning a lot of Led Zeppelin at the time as well. So it's kind of like immigrant song. Yes. The reverse kind of, ah, those two kind of clicked pretty well. Wow. Yeah, but I grew up a lot on like, yeah, the Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Rage yep. Machine, all that. All that stuff. And then I transitioned to the more, um, yeah, industrial shreddy metal element after that, which is okay. like the dark side kind of yeah, in the best way there. possible. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, that first band that you played in um, with all of those bands, uh, with like playing those bands, the, you know, Led Zeppelin and all that, um, did that have a name, the band, that very oh. first band? Not really. No, I it was think just we kind just of like a bunch of kids at school all the, playing the same tunes. Yeah, the rock metal heady idiots kids doing this together. stupid crazy thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and did you play? So you said you got to play at the grandparents' day, but did you do any do like the school parties and that? Like you, your friend turns 16, you roll up with all your friends and play at their party? Or you We did a few kind of house them? parties. Not a lot yeah. though. Yeah, there's a few here and there, but they weren't separated from the school kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously we've been pretty naughty and, you know, drinking all that kind of stuff back yeah, in the yeah. high school days. So yeah, that was man. good fun, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I remember playing in my first school band um, and I think... It was it was at my house, and my my mate had just bought a brand new bass guitar, and it was, mm. this thing was beautiful, man. Yeah, like it was it was like a Fender, maybe it was a jazz bass, yeah, maybe jazz even or bit P of or P bass. bass. One yeah. of those ones it was really pretty. You know, it was white with this like kind of um, brown um, scratch scratch plate. Anyway, I remember this kid James Fraser got absolutely drunk, <laughs> grabbed <laughs> Will's bass, thought he was a rock star, fell over oh, and wow. broke the the um pick guard and because of the way that that bass was shaped all of the um the volume and tune, uh, the volume and tone controls were on a part of the pick guard uh, part of like the pick guard. Sh- yeah trying yeah. to straddle you know yeah 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 it's so all like one big all... piece connected yeah. exactly so they all got smashed in wow it was no. completely broken and so oh. his parents had to pay my bass player all this money to get it fixed yeah yeah man it was uh, wild it's crazy crazy yeah oh, poor instrument though i know i know but that's the beauty about like when you're in high school you know playing 
in the high school bands, sometimes you get those crazy stories. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, there you go, man. And so you're playing in uh, the bands and you said you played actually in a couple of bands in high school. Yeah, I was doing some jazz stuff as well. Okay. Um, Yeah, I had a few different teachers with high school um, Mm -hmm. that just kind of rusted whoever they had in kind of for that year kind of thing. So they got mixed up a little bit. But um, yeah, Yeah. they mainly just went off on my own tangent from there. Okay. Yeah, it was like I had a lot of fun. It was good, good experience learning a lot of theory and practical side of things. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't sitting right for me. I had other envisions in my mind, different creative outlets that um, weren't being fulfilled from doing that kind of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so did you, um, Bill, where did you go after high school? Like, did you go straight into doing solo stuff or did you join a band? Yeah, well, I was a big skateboarder at the time as well. I had a bad accident that kind of fractured the wrist and that. So I had a big time off. So that's where I kind of went, all right. That's when I kind of started the citrus kind of flamenco stuff. Huh. Because I kind of went back to the roots and then wanted to do it all, you know, I was doing all this shred metal, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I wanted to yeah, try yeah. and do it acoustically as well, blend the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, once so I recovered me, from that. Tell me about the accident. How did it happen? What, what did you do? Well, apparently I had a fractured wrist for about a year and a half without me knowing. Whoa. So, I did the scaphoid there. Yeah. Um, and then I had a bad stack one day, but that's how I found out about it. I thought I did it then, but then we went and did all the x-rays and all that kind of stuff. So that's where like, I had to kind of reassess. You did this a year and a half ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh. I was still playing as much as I, I was at the time as well. So it was very surprising and weird. And do you remember like how you fell off the board? Like, were you in a park or were you just skating yeah, the Yeah, I used to go uh, into the city, the riverside, and just uh, near the Yarra River and that. Yeah, so I, I remember kinda, that one, man. Uh, most of my high school education was going there instead yeah. of school. Was, man, yeah. we might have skated <laughs> together, you know, we're not even known about man. it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of about 2005, I think I did that one, and then kind of reassessed everything and went, all right. The theory was I'd break less bones playing music than yes. skateboarding, which yes. is held so well. Yeah. Um, so it's worked so well so far. Yeah. But I kind of had to make the decision between the two and go, because wow. I love both of them. Yeah, right. Both different creative outlets. And you could drop in and everything. Like you were quite Yeah, proficient. if you remember the middle block yeah. in the, the riverside, in that big one? Yeah. So I went up for one of the banks and grown along the top bit, but then I lost it just before the down curve. Uh-huh. So I kind of fell from that top all the way down that kind of long... It's like three, four meter ledge, but I kind of stacked from the flat bit going down. Oh. All the pressure on the wrist there. So I was like, ah. Yes. Got stoned afterwards and then rocked up to school like a zombie. It's like, yeah. I should probably go to, check, <laughs> go to the doctors, get this checked out. <laughs> no wonder you didn't realize. Yeah. Because you're probably a bit numb from all of the. That helped, uh, yes, ease a bit of With the pain, the pain I guess, yeah. initially. <laughs> no, Maybe a bit too good. <laughs> yeah. And so that was after. Oh, actually, that was the second time you fell over because you said you actually injured it. I don't it know how I did it in the first. Oh, yeah, the first time no you don't recollection. Remember. Somehow wow. I, I did it. Uh, I used to That's do some crazy. pretty yeah wild things on wow, the board. On the so it could have been so many different ways I could have done it that I just can't yeah. remember as well. Yeah, wow. Uh, but that's how I found out. I guess Man, that one I don't forget. I I love skateboarding. Yeah, you know I um I I remember having my first skateboard you know as a little kid. And back in the eighties, it was there was none of these double kick decks. It was just a single kick deck with the fin at the back, and the oh, front was fishtail. Were they yeah, called? Yeah, 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 the decks. And so yeah. I had one of those. I had a couple of those ones. And then in the nineties, that's when the the double kick decks came out. You know, yeah. and um, I had a whole bunch of those. Me and my mate Vinny, who now lives in the states, we would go into the city at like two or three in the morning mm, and good time just for it. skate the city, man. Yeah, because there's no one around. 
so we would so much awesome spots in there oh, as well. It was great, you know. And I couldn't, I, I, I could ollie maybe, uh, you know, half a foot off the ground, not mm. even rolling. I could only do it standing yeah, straight. Still, yeah. You know, I could, I didn't have very good trick skills, but I could coast. Yeah. I was very confident coasting, going oh, down awesome. hills, anything yeah, like that. Yeah, bombing the hills kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, that's the kind of skating that I really thrive doing. Get me in a skate park. I could go up and down the ramps, but I could never drop in. You know what mm. I mean? I think by the time I actually got into it, the fear factor had set in. And I'm like, if I fall and break something, I won't be able to go to work. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? You get like, that mind anxiety. That mindset, like, ah, yeah. yeah. But um, I'd never forget this one time. Oh, my gosh. We were skateboarding in Greensboro, me and my mate Vinny. And... We had um, we were skateboarding on the top of the of the car park, and at the car park they had these these rails that like when you park your car, it would you would know to stop, so you wouldn't have you wouldn't hit the the brick wall yeah, in front of it. So it's kind of like pre barrier protection. Yeah, a pre barrier thing that would just hit your tires. They were just coming out of the ground. Oh yeah, so like it would concrete. be perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a metal yeah. thing, like a metal pole that would kind of and it would be perfect to board slide on, right? Mm. I'd imagine I, so, yeah. I could never board slide to save my life, but Vinny <laughs> was pretty good. He could do it. And yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> this is terrible. He was board sliding this one day, and he kept doing it, and he was fine. But at one point, the, the skateboard slipped out from underneath his feet about halfway across the board slide, and he hit his coccyx right on the pole Ooh, and yeah. had this gnarly bruise on the back of his bum like for Ouch. about a month. Oh, that'd be painful. <laughs> now, in that happened if to, in 2019. Mm. I would have been filming it, and we would have been laughing about it forever, and yeah, we probably yeah. would have been you know, viral on YouTube and whatever <laughs> else for a gnarly yeah, stack. Yeah, fail stacks kind of things. Exactly, yeah. but back then, there was, you know, we didn't have a video camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah technology is so much different. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's great to talk to another skateboard. I mean, not that I was ever any you know any good at it, but still, I love the culture, and I'll be definitely showing your um showing you my skateboards before you leave. Yeah, I'd love to see. Yeah, I'm so yeah. it's been so long for me as well. So yeah. I'm so out of loop. Yeah. Online, I always see these little cool things of kind of updates on what's happening these days, but I'm mm. just so out of loop of that world. Mm. But um, yeah, I'd love to see you know. How creative they've got because it's always yeah. evolving and progressing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just yeah, like almost almost fifteen years since you don't I've been have in a deck anymore. Yeah. I've got one hiding put away up up in the kitchen somewhere. Yeah. I like got on those shelves and that, but not one that's like kind of accessible. Yeah, actually going. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually mean- tried to skateboard about two years ago mm. because my car was in the shop or whatever, and I had this romantic because I had to ha- go to work. To pick up something, and I'm like, oh, I'll um, I'll skate to work because I just live, I work around the corner from. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah, know, that's where I live. Um, but oh my god, I was sore for like five days. I just did so not have the stamina. A while. Oh, yeah. yeah, my muscles were so sore. When we're young, you know, we're, we're invincible yeah, in that sense. Totally, you can do man. Anything. I thought I could do it, but no. Nah. Yeah, there you go. Oh well, so you went from the skateboarding. You're like, you know what? I'm going to play guitar. You dive right into it. And how old you were you at this point when you really started like picking up the guitar again and, and kind of put the skateboarding to the side? Yeah, kind of 16, 17. 16, 17. Yeah, because yeah. I was kind of in and out of school, kind of dropping out quite a few different times, different okay. places and whatnot. It wasn't yeah. really my kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then kind of pretty much started Citrus in 2007. Okay. And then it's been pretty much nonstop since then, man, since then, the last 12 yeah. years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Because that's probably when we would have met at um, the Vineyard. Yes. Uh, probably a couple yeah. of years into your um, you know, guitar playing 
Yeah, it would Korea, have been about, really. Yeah, with oh, Citrus would have been about one, one and a half years old mm. before I started coming down there. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember you weren't the original booker of that night. No, that was Gabe. That was Who Gabe. Go, uh, yeah, from. yes, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm yet to tee Gabe up to be on the show. Should get him in though. Yeah, yeah it's going to be great. He, he, he was able to, he was able to make it, but then there was a conflict. So I'm, uh, hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to, to get him on. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, he, he'll have some crazy stories as well. Oh yeah, from vineyard days. Yeah, yes. most definitely. Yeah, plenty, plenty there. That place was loose, man. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> If, if we had a lot of fun there, yeah, man, we did. It was great. Hmm. If you're listening, um, Art of Touring listeners, and you're not from Melbourne, um, and you visit, make sure you do go down to the vineyard because even now in 2019, it's still a great place. You yeah, know, still rocking got, it, still rocking it. You know, um, and it's one of those places that still has live music like a lot of the time. Yeah, I think the moment the main nights they're doing um, rock nights on. Thursday and they're, Saturday they're still now. Doing the, yeah. Oh, they do a Saturday rock um, night too. They've introduced a new one a few months ago. So ah, yeah, okay. But cool. the Thursday is the one that Marquis runs from the Mercy Kills. So he's still got that rock. And he's still is, doing that. Yes, indeed. Wow. Yeah, it's going really well. That's great. Mm. Far out, man. And so yeah, uh, if we could take it down memory lane, I roll up to. Uh, it was a Tuesday night. Yes, indeed. To um, the vineyard. Um, I was expecting to see Gabe booking and then I was told, oh, no, we've got this um, other bloke now, Citrus Jam. He he books the night, introduce myself. G'day, I'm Dave. How you going? <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, whatever you need, man. You need me to do sound. We'll, we'll put you up there. We've just got to wait for all the dinner crowd to move off. Because remember how we have to get like rid of all the chairs and tables? And yeah, because the restaurant was always open till 10. Mm. And then we only had that half an hour bracket because we wanted to get the first act about 10.30. So it was that That's rush right. of... Uh, Getting all the restaurant stuff out so we can rock and roll and yeah, make man. the night happen. Late starts, but it worked really well. It worked great, yeah. especially in the summer, man. I yeah. remember looking at my school calendar going, okay, I really need a message, Citrus, because I want to get in December. Yeah. Get, when yeah, it's really it's a very hot. popular spot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially like, you know, if you give me the graveyard, you know, one or two in the morning, everywhere else used to close. Exactly. The vineyard would stay open until like five or six in the morning, something silly like that. 3 a.m. license 3 a.m., yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere so, else around there is with that midnight one-ish. Exactly. So they all come in. They were just... In and out, just like, bam. Yes. Such a great vibe. Do they hmm. still do that? Um, I don't know what's happening on the Tuesdays, but um, yeah. Yeah, the other nights it's still that 1 a.m. license. So, okay, cool. Um, you just can't drink outside at that time. Oh, so you can right. still go out for smokes and whatnot. But, yeah, 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 um, yeah. That's why everyone usually comes in. Inside and, yeah. and it's a party vibe. Yeah, just like that end of the night kind of that's up it, the man. ante on that sense. Yeah. yeah. And it was such a great place to kind of cut your teeth because it was, it was a no pressure gig. Mm. You roll in. Even if you had a song that you'd just written, you could you could perform it without any like fear of being judged by people because they're just there to have a good time. They don't exactly. care. And it was it was promoted like I remember going there one night, seeing an act. I don't know who it was, but they would do they were doing a lot of covers. Yeah, and it's booked as an original night. Yeah, and I remember talking to either you or Gabe, and he was like, "We're not booking them again because we're trying to foster an original community around this night of yeah, music." Yeah, well, given the platform, yeah, for, given um, that platform, yeah, man, because covers was just too. Yeah, you didn't want to make that generic kind of what people would expect. As exactly, well. we wanted to kind of, you know, especially that venue. that original. Yeah, artist kind of focus with it. Yeah, yeah, because that venue is just like covers. 
every other moment of the week. Exactly. So, so it's like that Thursday night yeah. and Tuesday night. But even then, like on Sat, I think Fridays or Saturdays or even Sundays, they used to have like funk cover bands doing yeah. the covers thing. So it was like, you know what, this night, if, if you're here on this night, deal with it. You're getting original shit. Yeah, it was the Tuesday original acoustic vibe. That's it, yeah. Man. It was so cool. Yeah, I did miss that one. Yeah. yeah. And so how long was your tenure there at, um, at the I Vineyard? did just under eight years running that <laughs> one. So hell, yeah, it's pretty. That's a long run, dude. Yeah, it was a good. Good innings there. I Fantastic. Guess, yeah. <laughs> so you would have seen a lot of acts come and go um, mm. from from that night. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah I got through, um, yeah, it's just so many, so many hacks. It's hard so to kind of, yeah, yeah, comprehend yeah. it sometimes. Yeah. Well, because I was speaking with Brad Marr a couple of weeks ago yeah, from, from Massive. Massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he used to do the same slot. Yeah, I remember him coming down for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we were talking about, um, we were talking about that. And that he um, would come down and like sometimes he would play and then I would or either he would and then we would swap and, you know, whatever. Sometimes he was there when I was there and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and uh, so there was him. Um, I don't really remember m- many of the other cats because, God, like you said, it was so long ago. And just so many different nights as well. I yeah. try to mix it up and make it as uh, versatile. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Because how sense. many people would actually get a spot on a Tuesday? Was it three people? Three to four. Usually it was three like during like uh, autumn, winter. Mm-hmm. But then like spring, summer, once it got busy, I'd sometimes put an extra act in. Yes. Uh, just to kind of fill out the night. It got busier. It was later kind of thing. And more people um, would still be there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Obviously, the winter is a bit quieter. So mm. kind of had to kind of work with that. I remember one night I booked it and it was actually fell on the same night as my school because um, I'm a high school teacher. That's yeah. Um, I think I remember this night. night. Yeah. yeah, and so I was playing, and I played the whole set, and I told all every all my colleagues, "Hey, come down to the vineyard. I'm going to be playing from midnight or whatever," and they didn't come. <laughs> and so I was playing my whole set, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, this sucks." You know, it would have been really cool because everyone's just literally. A 20 minute cab ride away Exactly They could have yeah. came right I finished my last I'm just about to finish my last song And then they all roll in I'm uh, like what What are you doing uh, So it was good to see them And we had a few drinks and everything yeah. But I'm like You guys could have been here It like, could have been a great night But anyway it was alright yeah. uh, Far out man they got like the tail end At least some Yeah they got a little, a little yeah. bit of a taste Like oh it's his dog yeah. does the tunes You know Yeah There you go um, and so would you sometimes actually get up on the Tuesday night if someone didn't roll in you would like take a spot and have that as a platform to you know hone your skills as well I did actually start doing the last like the late shift as a residency for the last few years of it yes for the last two three years I did that one yes so I'd book in two three acts and then I'd do the very end kind of thing mm-hmm. um, just to have a consistency there as well yes um, for especially yeah, when people are coming in and that so I did kind of change it up a little bit yeah 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 um, yeah and obviously if people pulled out you know if they needed to fill the spot you know jump up and do a few tracks and whatnot just That's to kind of it. help fill it out yeah you keep know, the how night happen, going yeah, oh, yeah yeah dude musos aren't the most reliable true, people. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong there no that's it Oh, dude. Um, and I mean, I know it's quite a, a big amount of time that you were there, but was there any moment um, during your time at the vineyard when you were like, you'd booked an act and you were like, oh man, this 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 is either going really well or, or really, really badly. Like, does anything really stick out in your mind? Like, Yeah, quite a few times. It's just such a bipolar crowd, I guess you could call it. So you never know what to expect. Okay. 
from people to react in that room. Mm. Um, it can be a difficult room. Yeah. Um, in that sense of just because it's always got that populated, you don't know. Yeah. Thing, so they could just react. But sometimes, you know, I've had acts I think would go really, really well and then just have like no response. And then the opposite oh. where it's like, ah. Oh. But they get like this crazy, crazy response. It's, yeah, I could never pick it, to be honest. Yeah, right. Every time I was in there, it always changed. So you just try to kind of get a solid kind of vibe idea. Yes. Never goes to plan. Never goes to plan. It's the easiest way to say that one. So yeah, it was- it's, I suppose it would really depend on the people in the room on the night. Exactly. So the act that is just going over like, you know, amazingly on one Tuesday night. The but very, the next week, and it could be a whole week. different story. Exactly, yeah. because Melbourne, you know, it's got so many people and a bit fickle, mm. you know. They can be, yes. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, there you go. And so, you're, you're, um, you're booking that night, but at the same time, you are creating your own music under the banner of Citrus Jam. Yeah. So, tell me about that. Were you always just solo or did you, you bring other musicians in as well? So I started off as a solo kind of outing and then I've kind of expanded upon that with different acts within the same act, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'd use different lineups for different shows, mix it all up in that sense as well. Okay. Um, yeah, so initially I just was like a more of a mariachi kind of quiet shredding away on the guitar. Yeah. Then I added drums, bass, and then it's all... Over the years I've got different... I call them the Sea Monster Orchestra. The Sea Monster obviously Orchestra. Like, Citrus Jam was like my alias. I wanted to go instead of just the bass player or the, you know, whatever for Citrus Jam. They actually have their own character. Right, right. Just to have them more involved and more exciting, if that makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, um, did you go into the studio and actually record some tunes as well? Yeah. When I was, when I first started, I did like a five, six track EP. Nice. And then I've done three albums since. So, three albums since? Yes. Oh, wow. So the first album was with a guitarist and violin. Mm-hmm. So I was on mainly lead. I had a rhythm guitar, doing Flamingo. Yes. And then I had a violinist as well. Cool. The second album was just me on rhythm and the violin taking care of the lead. Okay. And then the most recent album has a full electric drum kit. Accordion, violin, and myself, but I'm doing a lot of looping, playing multiple different layers and vocals and that. Ah, which is nice. teasing the future of what we're going to now with the citrus kind of movement. Yeah, right. And so, when did the vocals actually start coming in? Because I, know, I remember when I saw you, the vocals were very uh, like limited. minimal. Yeah, yeah, minimal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been probably the last kind of three years. I've been going a lot more dominant. I've been using a lot more toys. I'm using a microcorg synth. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all the looping kind of thing as well. Okay. Um, so adding lots of those live layers. Yes. And then all these like I'm a massive fan of the '80s. So all these cheesy synths, um, you know, cheesy drum kind of sounds and that. And then okay. using the vocoder. I'm using auto tune on the main vocal too. Huh. So I'm using it more as an instrument layer than actual singing. If that makes it. More. Right. So singing a lot, but lots of just silly, crazy vocal noises instead of actual, yeah. Yeah, okay. Song that rings a lyrics. bell, yeah. Because yeah. I think I, I haven't seen you play live since those early days. Yeah, yeah. But I do remember um, that when you did do vocals, it was more along the lines of uh, atmospheric vocals. Yes. It wasn't yeah, like definitely. your traditional like verse chorus, you know, singer <laughs> structure. It'd be more like yeah. you'd be shredding on the guitar and then all of a sudden you'd like say something weird. And yeah, then- definitely. Yeah, a little cameo <laughs> yeah. kind yeah. of lyrics. Yeah. Like, Did he just say something? Well, that's a definite... 
all yeah, that kind of all stuff, that you stuff. Know? Yeah, yeah, I remember, man. It's so cool. Yeah, it's because yeah. I always. Because now always, it's just evolving, yeah? Yeah, well, I'm singing a lot more, mm. but with, yeah, even more ridiculous layers. But that okay, kind cool. of, that was like the birth of it. And then I've kind of amplified what I'm doing on that sense a lot more. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, and having a lot of fun with just being an idiot, which is the way <laughs> I like to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I was always, always, always terrified of singing and doing yeah, vocals right. and that. So yeah. for me, doing all this weird, silly stuff is a happy, comfy kind of medium for medium, me. Medium, yeah. yeah, nice. Did so you can, ever contemplate actually getting in a singer? Did you think, oh, this music could work with a, like a so traditional vocal? So many people vocals? were like, yeah, you should get vocals. Should get it just didn't feel natural to Never me. Never worked, yeah. It just felt like it was just forced for the sake of it. That's why I've always yeah. stayed away from that. Um, well, that's cool, man. I've always wanted to, you know, once I was ready, I'd add it in but do it in a unique way that's, mm-hmm. yeah, just different to what you'd usually expect. Which yes. is what I like and prefer in that sense too. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, so that's how that's kind of evolved. And yeah, these days, and yeah, especially on the new stuff I'm working on. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, I've just upped the ante. I made it same kind of vibe, just 10 times more ridiculous is the nice easiest guy. way to say the vocals there. That's great, man. <laughs> that's great. Um, and so after the, um, after the vineyard, you're, uh, you're getting into uh, playing these tunes with... Uh, different incarnations of musicians for yeah. each recording and also in the live situations as yeah. well when you're booking gigs. Sometimes you'll have a violin player, sometimes you'll have a bass player depending on the songs that you've re- recorded for that release. Yes. Um, when did you actually start bringing this show outside of Melbourne and start touring like, you know, nationally and, and doing festivals and stuff like that? Well, I started... Oh. Probably a few years into it, I started touring in Adelaide with a good friend of mine, Alias, from Alias and the Jam. So mm-hmm. he kind of got me over there mm-hmm. and kind of introduced you to, to... He's originally from Adelaide, so he had okay. all the contacts and that. So nice. kind of started that... I did that first solo just to kind of go, all right, that was my first kind of shows outside of Melbourne kind of thing. So just like, let's see how this goes. And yes. then kind of expand upon that. And then, yeah, worked out depending on what... We were playing at the time on the album that on the lineup and that, but mm-hmm. yeah, we started kind of building different shows, different lineups from there. Nice, yeah, man. Yeah, so you do in Adelaide, and then um, when was w- w- what was the next like kind of run of shows like outside of Melbourne from from Adelaide after that? I think we did the album launch at Rick's Bar in Queensland. Oh, nice. If you know that one there? I've heard of it. It's in right in the middle of Bris Vegas. Yeah. Uh, that was with the second album. Okay. Um, with my violinist, which was good fun. Um, yeah, so we nice. did a festival called Jungle Love. And okay. then we did like a, a city show as well, mm-hmm. up there kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a very doof central kind of spot in Brisbane. So Yeah, right. That whole, it's, like a, it's kind of like a Burke Street Mall, but without the road. Mm. Or even know Ronda Mall in Adelaide, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's this big precinct, just bars and clubs everywhere. But they yeah. love all the electronic kind of stuff up there. So right. Um, I was adding starting to add that more into the show as well. So we took okay. a few little renditions of uh, like Darude Sandstorm, things like that, but just flamenco style, huh. which is kind of cool. So guitar and violin. Yeah, right. Was, yeah, very interesting to see how that'd go down with the original stuff, which is what our main focus of being there. Yeah, yeah. We chucked these little things in and it was like, ah. And that gave a bit more of appreciation there. Because kind of cool. The tunes that you do, I'm just thinking like outside the box, like what 
festival like your your stuff is more kind of geared towards like a folk festival i suppose or, or it more used of a to be to be honest electronic music scene. a lot now yeah with a more electronic kind of vibe yeah um i still have all those roots folky flamenco elements there uh-huh but the sounds i'm doing is um yeah a lot more electronic techno mm. influenced as mm. well and then all the 80s kind of reference too yeah which is going really cool because it's oh, that's what i liked about when i first started you know, I could either do, you know, these kind of more loungy, intimate restaurant kind of yeah. shows, and I could do these like rock metal festivals as well. Nice. With the kind of vibe of the act it was. So I could be very versatile, which is really, really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and then now I've kind of expanded that more because there's obviously a lot of those doof kind of festivals. Mm. Um, so adding that electronic kind of vibe to it is catering for that too. So it's just breaching yeah. that even more. Yeah. So Have you ever approached. Uh, Rainbow Serpent is that the kind of festival that you would- definitely I haven't done it yet okay but, um, I've been wanting to that was just passing this weekend as well actually is that right yeah um, I've been so, wanting to get into that I okay. know a lot of good friends of mine in the the gypsy kind of dancey still like folk rootsy scene but have that dancey element yes. to it go really well for those kind of crowds yes man because I um, when I was first trying to book the Pass Outs festivals I didn't really understand the fact that a three-piece rock band has really got a limited festival appeal in Australia. Unless yes. you've got radio support, you're not going to get on, you know, Laneway Festival or fucking, you know, One Night Stand or something. Mm. So I was trying to think out the box. I'm like, well, what other festivals are there? I'm like, okay, well, there's this one called Rainbow Serpent. I think I apply for that festival like three years in a row before I realised I'm not the kind of act they want. They yeah. book DJs and folk artists and yes. electronic people and blah, 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 blah. It took me ages to realize like that music is not what that festival is for, yeah, you know? Yeah, and I yeah. think a lot of people figure it out a lot quicker than I did because I was We're like, always learning that. Yeah. Well, they were always learning, but I didn't really get it, you know? It was, it was not until I, re- um, I started playing in, in the band that I'm not in, in anymore, unfortunately, but um, a, a blues blues. Well, I mean, they they called themselves, or we called themselves ourselves, a blues rock band, but really we're a rock band. Hmm. Um, the the guitar player would play a little bit of harp, um, and there was some blues influence. So I guess that's how we got around applying for a lot of blues festivals. And we actually got a lot of blues festivals. Yeah, because it's actually yeah more of the vibe than what the what the festival organizer festival is, is looking for, which can be tricky. Yeah, exactly. When but, you're playing, because there's so many different. You're, you're trying to wrap this rock band in a blues like ribbon so that you can get that spot. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas for you, you've got this flamenco metal pirate electronic you know, organism, and you're like, well, where does that fit? Well, that fits in the EDM scene, man. That fits in exactly. the folk scene. It fits in all these different subgenres, which is quite popular in Australia. Yes. Yeah. So you recently played the Tanglewood Festival. Yes, just over New Year's Eve, which yeah. is amazing. How was that, yeah. man? Yeah. Oh, really, really, really good fun. Yeah. Um, and where is that held? So that's in a... Just before Lake Eildon, a town called Thornton. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful spot out there. Nice. Um, near the Goldburn, all that. Mm-hmm. That's in um, Victoria, isn't it? Yes. So, kind of northeast before Wangaratta, Albury, all that. So, yeah. Okay, around that area. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, that was amazing. I was uh, also working sound and a good friend of mine, Eric Parker, ran a new stage this year. So, I was kind of sound tech for that. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, a place called Mix Shed, which was named after the landowner. Right. Uh, Mix. So, that was the first time they've been 
they've run it. Yep. Because um, they usually got two main stages. Okay. And this is one that was in the middle of the market. Um, ah. So, obviously, did sound and played that stage, which is really, really, really cool. Good yeah, response. Right. So, um, yeah, that's the kind of thing I want to be doing. More of. Yeah, because yeah. I had such a good mix of live bands and then electronic DJs, but they kind of... Yeah, they mix it up quite a lot, so it was a little bit. That's of cool, man. Everything for everyone, which was really good. Yeah, and you mentioned that you did sound as well. Now, obviously, you did sound at the vineyard, but when yeah. did you actually start? Is that when you actually started doing sound? Is that where you Pretty cut much, your teeth? Yeah, yeah, I kind of right. Put myself in the deep end and kind yeah. of learned everything, and then progressed from there. Yeah, um, yeah. So I learned a lot from running that night on just my own kind of structures of how to kind of mix, I guess. Yeah. And kind of approach it all. Nice one, man. Yeah. Um, and now that you've got that feather in your cap, when you approach uh, festivals, do you also go, hey, look, I'm an act. This is this is the stuff we do. But look, man, if you need a sound person as well, I, I can also facilitate that, like what you did at Tanglewood. Is that something you're going to try and do more of? Or was it just because your mate said, oh, look, you can yeah, do Yeah, well, I've got a lot of great contacts who actually get in touch with me and see if I'm available and do that as well, to which is sound. cool. Because yeah. they know just from, yeah, what we've been doing for so long. Mm. So it's great to have that being asked and offered, which is yeah, really that nice is cool, for man. these cool, awesome kind of festivals and shows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's rad, dude. Um, it's a very much like a... Yeah, man, you're like a double threat. You're like, we, we got him on the stage, we got him behind the scenes. Yeah. It's good value for money too from a festival organiser standpoint. Yeah, well, I've just got all these different skills there that, you know, mm. it's all part of the same kind of thing of entertainment. So that's it, man. Well, as well utilise them. That's exactly right. If you're listening, kids, make sure you've got more than one skill set and then you'll be, you will be booked. Yeah, learn it all. You know, having that <laughs> knowledge and that and sharing that as well. Exactly. Which um, especially when I was starting out, a lot of people showed me these really cool things. Yeah, you know, it's a cool thing, bro. You know, I think it's, yeah, good passing that on for everyone else. Yeah. Big fan uh, of that. Um, have you got any stories from the road that you, that you could um, share with our listeners, either something that went wrong or something that went really well or like a show that you just like – the best show that you've done and you're like, you you know, that when you go to sleep at night, you're like, oh, I can't believe I got to play that show or anything like that. I got a good car trouble one for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always fun. Yeah. Um, so we did, a, it was an Adelaide stint back and forth a few times that week um, between Melbourne and that. Um, and on the way back, we had the car serviced before we went away and that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, on the last leg, driving back to Melbourne, done the whole week of shows and that. Um I'm in the front and we brought our sound tech who's also driving with us as well. Sure. He wakes me up going, hey, everyone else is asleep in the back, kind of resting and that are all just wasted from the shows. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Benny, got a bit of a problem here. I'm, um, I'm stuck in cruise control. So we're, I think we're gone. We're in between towns. So we were stuck at 110, but that's the slowest we could go. Oh. So we're just trying to go like, all right. This might be an issue. We're just trying to figure out what to do. Brakes um, weren't working. Yeah, so we couldn't. We were trying to jolt it out with the um, accelerator, but that wasn't working. <laughs> so I, we ended up, you know, we kind of weighed up our options in that. We're like, oh, we could drive in the paddock and just try and jump out. <laughs> <laughs> if we're lucky, just hope for the best. It was one option. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Joey was uh, the driver at the time. Uh, pretty confident if he just put it in the ignition. Um, sorry. In neutral and then turn the engine off and then we yes. just kind of slide in the gravel. So we ended up doing that, which worked, but it was oh, a bit scary because like, ah, we could go faster, but we couldn't go any less than 110. No. So it was a bit of like, ah, this might be an issue here. It was kind of um, like speed. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> you couldn't drop below 110, otherwise the whole thing would blow up. Yes, precisely, man. So that's, we're like, ah, that's fantastic, um, dude. We ended up working it out, and we did. We got calmly woke up. Everyone else was like, yeah, we're gonna try this. We're pretty sure it's all right. Yes. So yeah, it did work in the end, which is kind of cool. Oh we got my the goodness. um. Oh, Adelaide's or South Australia's got a different one, but the RACV for them, okay, whatever they yeah. call, they came out and. Um, and what was the problem? The mechanic left the rag, which has gone through the belt and got stuck in the whatever the cruise control one is. So it was oh a big God. rag that was stuck all through that, and just over the whole week, it just got like closer and closer, and then just kind of clamped itself on the activator for the cruise control. I think. Oh my God! Yeah, whatever the um, oh, I don't. I'm terrible with cars. But no, yeah. no, but yeah. you definitely painted a picture like that. Yeah. sounds terrible. So yeah, the guy from the um, who, the roadside assist picked this big rag. I was like, yep. That's what did it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that Nothing was an interesting like one. you guys did. Mm. It was the mechanics fault. Exactly, yeah. And so That's when a- you were doing the 110, was there any moment before you figured out like how to slow the car down that you actually did have to drive through a township where you were meant to go only 80 k's or whatever? Luckily, we were um, in between towns. So, yeah, it was like about 10, 15 k's in between, but... We're just like, oh, that would if a been- town came up, because like, it usually goes down like 60 or something. Yeah. The town. I was like, we just got to hope for the best that we can just go fang it straight through kind of thing. Yeah. Like, everyone's just going to have to deal with us kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Lucky, luckily, you were able to um, to figure out to, to how to slow it down. Yeah. Well, I, I trusted Joe with that. I was just there kind of keeping him as calm and relaxed as possible because he's like, ah. <laughs> Well, we worked it out in the end, which is good, man. That's absolutely wild, dude. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that is certainly a great road story. Um, we've had a, we've had a few doozies um, on the art of touring, but that one certainly could have been very dangerous. Yeah. Live to tell the tale. And you live to tell the tale. So that's fantastic. Um, And did you also have any stories for me um, uh, playing wise? So like you've gotten to a show and something's gone really, really well or something's gone really bad. Like you've, you know, gone to play the first note and your guitar lead has fallen out or anything like that that you can remember? Off the top of my head, I've had... Plenty of different glitches, but it's usually been rock solid with a lot of the gigs, yeah, luckily. Nice. So yeah. nothing kind of, I have me out of fix, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. And what about a great show? What's what's your favourite memory of playing live music in, in Australia? Oh, like, just too many cool too things. Too many? Yeah, I think. Well, what was your set uh, like in December at Tanglewood? Was that sick? Yeah, well, um, I did one night Fatboy Slim played on the beach in St Kilda. Oh, what? Um, he did like some pop-up gig there. So yeah. everyone came back and did like the after party at the vineyard. <gasps> There's a lot of people just packed there. Oh, nice. So I think oh, on a Tuesday, we had about 409 people <laughs> in, in the vineyard. <laughs> and there's you know, playing the acoustic. And I, I did the late spots. They all just yes. came in for that. So I opened with um, Right Here, Right Now, <laughs> my cover of that. And that yes. went... Yeah, that went off, man. And Fat Boy Slim rolls in and goes, "Yeah, good job, son." I didn't see. I'm not sure <laughs> no. if they're around or not, but um, but still, the crowd, all the loved crowd, it. yeah, they just came from that, so it was a that's fantastic nice little surprise for them. Yeah, yeah that went. Oh, I haven't seen the place that crazy before. Yeah, like, man. On Tuesday as well, it's just like one a.m. Yeah, bro, Bam. that's amazing. Mm. I remember we actually did a similar thing. Eddie Vedder had played at the Forum. Yeah, just over the next door. Yeah, at next door. And oh no, it's in the Forum in the city. Sorry, sorry, not the Forum. The Palais. The Palais. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yes, Eddie Vedder had played the Palais. 
and uh, we actually put it on YouTube. I think you're actually in the clip because you mixing the or, mix here. Yeah, the, the mixing was on the wall. Yes. <laughs> so we're playing Classic the song, vineyard. and then you're like, you know, giving us a little bit of a mix, like in in, in the middle of the tune, like mm. there's citrus. Yeah. You know, it's the vineyard if, if you're um if you're tinkling on the wall there. And oh, so yeah. it wasn't as crazy what you're saying because most Eddie Vedder fans just went home, and in yeah. my head I was like, oh, people will all come down, and it was not that. <laughs> it was pretty quiet, but but as a vocalist, I I, I look back on that because it's it's filmed and I deliberately because I think we filmed the whole gig, yeah. But I deliberately put that one song on there because I was super proud of the guitar solo that I was able to yeah like, come up with that night conjured in that moment in yeah. that moment because as a as a vocalist, guitar is my second instrument. I, I'm not confident on it other than doing solid rhythm when it comes to lead playing. When I actually nail it, I'm like super proud of myself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah definitely. So when, so when I I, uh, I saw that, because I watched obviously the whole gig, I saw that. I'm like, oh, I nailed the solo. I'm going to upload that one on YouTube, you know. <laughs> oh, I agree go. with it. Yeah, you have to send me off to see it, man. Yeah, man. I'll, it, if it's still there, I yeah. think it's still on there, man. That'd be yeah, great to yeah, see. Yeah, a bit of a, yeah, old school memory. Bit, bit of, of the memory. Vineyard. That's it, brother. Oh, man. Um, and so tell me a little bit more about what you're doing now with the band. Is, is there a current release that you can tell us about? Yes. So I've been working on a space rock opera for quite a long time. A space rock opera. Yes. Wow. So I've, had, I've been, it's been up here for years and years. Yes. And now I've finally got the opportunity I can actually put it all together. So it's, um, yeah, it's called Grand Theft Otter. Grand so, Theft Otter. It's about a gangster otter named Steve who steals my um, Citrus's pirate spaceship. And he takes it on like a joyride through the multiverse landscape, going through all the different dimensions and that. Whoa. So it's a very epic, crazy, crazy kind of musical story with it. Yeah. Whoa. Um, Has this been recorded yet? No, that's what I've been working on. I'm going to ah. spend the next, hence why I've taken some time off, and then now I'll come back into this one. Okay. So my main focus is getting this all together because it's... A six-record album, pretty much. So six. two trilogies worth of music going on there. Holy shit! So it's quite a big piece. Um, all of it's written. That I just need to capture it now. But yeah. um, I've got lots of guest cameos, all that kind of thing happening with it. It's crazy. So it's pretty much the last twelve years of my work all into combined and all the craziness. I've yeah, been yeah, kind of yeah. teasing that over the time as well. So it's kind about of, sixty songs. Oh, it's hard to say. A lot of the songs, because like, I'm building in the uh, my bipolar opposite act, which is the entropy side of things, which is like the prog metal stuff. That's okay. going to combine with citrus as well. Okay. So some of those songs are like 20 minutes long. So then these are big, long pieces, uh, isn't it? So, okay. Um, there's a lot of material, but not so many tracks in that sense, but right. a lot of different movements is probably the best way to explain uh, that one. That's in- interesting, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be pretty much taking up the next year for me. And where are you going to be recording it? Um... I'll mix it up a bit. I've usually been to a home studio. I'll travel a bit. I can be portable with all of my rig as well, which is yes. kind of cool. Yes. Um, my accordion player is Adelaide based, so I'll usually fly over there and kind of mm-hmm. capture it there kind of thing. Wow. And then, yeah, wherever I want to pretty much. Fire but, yeah, out, most man. of the backbone I'll do within my home studio. Brilliant. And then, yeah, build it up from there, Build I guess. it up from yeah. there. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, That's... it's a big piece. I've been, yeah, Wanting to do it for a very long time, so now I'm actually putting it into works. Which putting is it all cool. together, yeah, man. Wow, man. Um, and when you release this, is it going to be a, a 
CD, vinyl, online, everything, or just one medium? How how do you plan to release it in 2019 or 20 when it yeah. when it drops? Well, um, it's day and age now. A lot of things are so digital, so I've yeah. definitely got that. I uh, re-released all my past albums all through a new distribution company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still am a big fan of the tangible CD things. Yes. The only tricky thing is um, a box set, six discs. You know, what do we... Yeah. How do we... I've got some ideas, you know, maybe like a mini spaceship that comes in and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> little, little, little tricky things. So that'll be like special kind of more... It'll yeah, wild, little edition, dude. little runs. But, yeah. Um, yeah, everyone's doing the whole online thing, so yeah. you've got to keep up to date with all that. So yeah, you keep doing that. Yeah, I'll mainly release it through yeah the digital kind of platforms. Okay. But I still will definitely keep. I'm an old school kind of influence as well, thing, so yeah. definitely like the tangible CDs and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm um, not thinking of doing. I mean, vinyl would be just way too crazy with that much material. I might release maybe like a single or something a from portion it. Like, of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good it's idea. Just, Wet people's appetite a little bit. It's yeah. kind of a limited release kind of thing. I haven't done a vinyl release on the other albums yet as well. Mm. So maybe I might release them as well, well down you, the track. You could do because there's this great initiative now where you can, if if you get enough of your fans to sign up for a pre-release and get yeah. them to pledge 40 bucks or whatever you decide it needs to be, you can actually get that commitment from them to buy the record. And then you can actually give the money back if you, you know, unfortunately don't get enough to press. But once you hit that threshold, so say you need, you know, like a hundred people yeah, yeah. to pledge forty bucks each, and then you've got enough to actually press their copy as well as like maybe a surplus of twenty or thirty other copies you can sell at shows. Yeah. Um you you can actually do that. Yeah, especially with vinyl, you need there's Obviously, the companies have a certain minimal limit That's as right. well. That's right. So, it makes it tricky to kind of gauge. Yeah, um, Yeah, so these platforms like that are perfect. They're for, fantastic, yeah. man. Like the, the second guest, no, maybe the third guest on, on this podcast, um, Delsinki. I know, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he recently did that for his latest album. Um, and then there were there was no place for them, I believe the name of their record is. And... Um, and I pledged for that, man, because I was mm. like, I've got to have that record on vinyl. And obviously to support the scene, but also just to kind of see how that whole m- mechanism works. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, hey? It's a very cool thing, man. Oh, well, we'll look forward to seeing that, my friend. Um, yeah. In whatever form it takes. I want to do a whole live show, theatre show with it as well. Oh, so, so I book a theatre and... Yeah, go nuts with it because I have all the guest cameos. I want to have animation. We've got the whole crazy lighting room with the prog metal act. It's, yeah, yeah wow. that's all combining all that all into the, I guess, the Citramatic Musical Universe, which I'm calling it. You know, <laughs> Marvel's got their MCU, uh, DC's got their one. So yeah. it's like the CMU. The CMU. Yeah. Hashtag CMU. Exactly, man. <laughs> I love it. It's where the citrus is at these days. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Oh, we're kind of winding down here, but before we do, I would like to ask you, um, before uh, people hear this interview, during my intro um, on the podcast, I actually play a sample of the musician's music so that the listener has a little bit of context to who yeah, they're listening to. Yeah, a bit of a to. backing, yeah. A little bit of, a, yeah, an intro there. So, is there a specific track maybe off your latest release that you would like to for me to play a little bit of? Of course. Yeah. Um, what would the I song be? I think from the latest album, MacGyver Science, the last track. The very last track? Probably gives you an idea of the um, evolution of where I'm going towards now with okay. all the electronic kind of influence in that as well. So What's it's that called song called? Mutiny on the Dance Floor. Mutiny on the Dance yeah. Floor. Beautiful. Well, we'll heard a little bit of that before this interview. 
Ah, did you already play that one? Well, if you're listening to this at home, you will have heard that song. That's ah, yes, I get the power yes. of the time travel. Yes, <laughs> yes time travel. It I exists. Forgot about that. People. Yes, yes, that makes a lot more sense to me now. Mutiny <laughs> on the dance floor. Yes, you will have heard it, my friends. Yeah, it'll give you a very good idea of what's happening for the future and what we're all about. Yeah, Brilliant. And if people do want to um, follow your career, um, obviously you have the Facebook. Yeah, I do recommend the Bandcamp for best quality for streaming. I am on Spotify, all the other ones as well. Yes. Um, So you better find it there. Okay. Do, yeah. you have a, do you have an Instagram? I do not. No, okay, I don't think, think like so that. because yeah. I tried to link, um, like follow you on Instagram and I didn't have any luck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a bit of an enigma in that sense. You so, are yeah. my friend. So, but if people do want to find you, you do have a Facebook. Yes. It's a likable page. You can find them there and also the Bandcamp as well. Yes. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Um, and I think even if you put Citrus Jam into YouTube, you're not going to have any luck because you usually just get like jam recipes and shit. Yeah, <laughs> marmalade. I think there's like a monster truck thing as well. These big, crazy... Whatever you call them. <laughs> I love it. Because I usually like to do a little bit of, you know, um, research on my guest. Yeah, for and sure. And so, this afternoon before you come, I'm like, oh, I better, you know, uh, you know, go down memory lane and check out a bit of citrus stuff. I, I put in citrus jam on YouTube and I'm like, I can't find you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll try Instagram. He'll have an Instagram profile. Uh, there's not one there. <laughs> Shit. Okay. <laughs> Facebook. Surely I messaged him on Facebook. There must be one. I'm like, yes, yes there he is. We had a win. I found him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you did, man. Yeah, I got you, man. So, yeah, our, our listeners, you can follow um, Citrus's uh, career I am out there. on Facebook <laughs> and the Bandcamp. Dude, it's been so great catching up with you. Yeah, vice versa. And um, thanks for bringing the beers. My pleasure. Cheers, buddy. Dude, cheers. We're, we're smashing the uh, the fat yaks here in Delici- um, delicious Casa de Siriani. Yeah, one more swig. <laughs> I'm usually a H2O man during the week because, you know, I'm a school Nothing teacher. Nothing wrong with that. I've yeah. got to get up tomorrow and work. But, um, you know, I don't think my boss listens to my podcast. I'm pretty sure he's got. More important things to do than worry about the, the music teacher having a one beer on a school night, but I think I'll be right. Hey, Citrus, again, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure catching up, and we will see you on the road. Definitely. Cheers, buddy. See you, Take brother. it easy. Ciao. Thank you. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 44, all done. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Uh, you can use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. Uh, you can also share the podcast on Facebook if that uh, is your thing. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, just email me directly at Art of Touring Podcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show. If you're a touring museum, a performer, a wrestler, please, I'd love to hear from you. Or send me a message on Instagram at Art of Touring Podcast. You can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes. If you have enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give the podcast a rating within the podcast app on your phone and write a short review. Something like, oh, Art of Turing so cool, man. You get to hear all these stories uh, from the road, from musicians and blah, 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 blah. It's a great thing. So you can check it out. Uh, and stick around next week for another episode because they're released every Tuesday for free. So come on back and listen to Sizz Dog on the regular. Now let's get into some plugs. The theme music for The Art of Turing is a song called Sizz.
Start a Fire by The Pass Out, which is available to stream on Spotify. Just click on Spotify, open up, open it up, search for The Pass Out, and you can listen to the whole record, man, Dead Technology, and that song, Start a Fire. You can download it on iTunes, or you can grab uh, the whole debut album by The Pass Outs on all digital platforms. And if you'd like to grab a physical copy, a physical copy then head on over to thepassoutsband.bandcamp.com where you can grab it on coloured vinyl or regular coloured vinyl if you so desire and you know grab a t-shirt stickers posters and even steak boards if you like a juicy steak board (laughs) a skateboard of course if you'd like to see me play live the pass outs are performing at this year's Whittlesea Community Festival on Barry Road in Thomastown on the main stage on Sunday the 17th of March. Entry to the festival is free and uh, <clears throat> stick around into the evening to enjoy the fireworks. Uh, also, don't forget this Saturday, I'm bookending it from the start of the podcast. I'm going to mention it here at the end. This Saturday, the 23rd of Feb, will be the first ever live Art of Touring podcast with the boys from Electric Mary. VIP tickets are still available, so grab them and I'll see you on Saturday night at Memo Music Hall. At 7pm for that VIP sesh. That's all from me this week. Before I do go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Citrus Jam. Be sure to follow him on Facebook. Give him a like on that Facebook page to keep up to date with all of his upcoming shows and releases. And also go to his band camp for his releases as well. And you can also listen to his stuff on Spotify. That's all from me this week. I know it was a little bit loose at the end, but you know what? I'm recording this on Sunday night. It's been a long week, so I appreciate you sticking with me to the end. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with a Sith Dog. And remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by every pizza place where if you order a salad, you'll be disappointed. Don't say I didn't warn you. It'll come warm. Yeah, um, I do use um, a spray bottle though. So, oh, you know, yeah. the fan <laughs> spray bottle. So, it's like a bottle. <laughs> so, when I'm mixing festivals and stuff like that, it's like yeah. I have like a little USB fan that I've yeah. taken and goes like next to the desk and then I just spray myself. It's fantastic. Especially, especially when you're outside and that, it gets. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those festivals get really warm. So, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> oh, man. It's my little trick.